0: Artificial intelligence tools are now widely employed around the globe, but researchers recently discovered AI might actually deceive users. So what does this mean for people who rely on large language models? I'm Veronica Dudo, let's find out.
1: This is In America Today, from the Ticker News Studios in New York City.
0: Hello and welcome. Coming up, the missing plug door that tore off the left side of an Alaska Airlines jet following takeoff from Portland, Oregon, has been discovered in a suburban backyard by a school teacher. But first, one year after being introduced to the public, artificial intelligence tools are now widely employed around the globe. According to a new survey, there were more than 14 billion visits to ChatGPT last year, making it the most popular generative AI tool in the world. While AI assists both engineers and non-expert users with a wide range of tasks, maintaining the safety and reliability of these tools is paramount. But researchers recently discovered AI might actually deceive users. For more, let's bring in Oz Sultan, the chief strategist with the Sultan Interactive Group. Oz, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So researchers conducted scenarios in which they place pressure on large language models, which in turn strategically deceived their users. Can you tell us more about this research and what it means?
1: Sure. This was conducted by Apollo Research, and it started out when they uh, put together a trading bot that was built upon ChatGPT. And uh, what they decided was that the bot itself would have to take input from a variety of different sources across the company, whether that was the CEO saying something like, you know, we're having a bad quarter, we're looking for a better quarter coming up, um, as well as uh, feedback that would be provided from just employees on on the trading floor. Um, And so what they found out was that three things. One is that the bot will uh, engage in insider trading. Two is that it'll deceive users. And three, that in certain circumstances, it'll actually lie when it's asked about things. And so with the challenge that we have with uh, adversarial models inside of um, basically these transformers, right? So these are large language models um, that are being put together and they're being modified and they're being tested um, with a variety of parameters that they weren't necessarily originally um set for or they were trained upon so i think what's going to have to happen is is sort of twofold one is that there's going to have to be further training on these models to get them to work within parameters as expected and two we're going to have to start putting in software guardrails Um, and those are two things that i think are are yet to be developed Um, apollo research kind of you know makes it very clear that these are significant risks and this also underscores further risks of the use of AI in you know, legal and other professions, um, which we see coming down the pipe right now.
0: So we've been told that this is something that can aid humans and that uh, it can also just help and reduce tasks, also your output in terms of time, getting things done faster. I mean, when you start to hear that it sort of has a mind of its own, you know, have we reached new territory?
1: not yet i think you know we're we're probably about uh two or three versions away from it actually kind of quasi thinking by itself and that's really sort of assembling responses to you know stimuli that it's provided with um, but the the challenges that we have is that it's it's making adversarial decisions. Um, you know, we saw this last year with the Air Force uh, where they had a artificial intelligence engine on one of their drones take out the base tower because the base tower and the humans behind this were reacting in a longer time than it wanted. Um, we're seeing similar challenges here inside of trading, and I anticipate we're going to see similar challenges inside of the utilization of this in in law. You know, all of a sudden, this is being brought into the mix in in England to do summarizations of of cases, um, and there's there's many other cases where you know people are, are looking to replace humans um one is duolingo you know who's replaced a lot of their translators uh recently with artificial intelligence tools so making sure that it's turning out the right result it's not going completely adversarial and it's working within kind of the expectations are are really sort of the big coding challenges of the next sort of 12 months
0: what do you make of some of the research that came out when it comes to the insider trading
1: um, I think it's curious, you know, it's, it's also curious as to where it was pulling its information from, but I, I anticipate because it had access to all of the internal emails of the company that it was utilizing that as a repository. Um, the challenge becomes how do you segregate certain data repositories from other data repositories to kind of keep these things operating, you know, within guidelines, and, and that's really what has to be figured out. I think Apollo Research has taken, you know, some great steps towards this, um, but they're still going to have to toy with these things to make sure, number one, that they operate appropriately, but two, that they operate within, you know, government compliance, um, because it doesn't matter if the tool actually committed insider trading, the CEO, the CFO and the COO of that company are going to be responsible for the outcome of what this bot did.
0: Now, this was just one safety assessment. Could there be more troubling situations where users will have to take caution?
1: Decidedly, you know, any case where we're looking at um, tools that are getting involved in things that typically involve a lot of human intervention, um, that's where you have a challenge because it's not leveraging a large language model in a method by which it has sort of set defined parameters it's a really broad base of parameters and that's where i think you have opportunities for these to go off the rails to commit insider trading to potentially commit fraud um, and to lie in the responses that they're giving the solutioning for this you know is easy and complicated at the same time some of it is just excluding repositories but the rest of it is recoding logic um, and retraining you know some of these models And it's to be uh, what happens with this next. Um, But, you know, I I think the future is bright. It's just going to be relatively challenging in the near term.
0: Speaking of challenging, we're seeing laws starting to form related to AI. Can governments keep up with the pace at which these large language models are evolving?
1: Ideally, you know, state regulation has actually – Illinois and a few other states are are moving further on on AI and other legislation, blockchain specifically, um, than the federal government is. I think Europe has set some decent frameworks right now for the European Union and the European Commission. Um, But, you know, the United States, the federal government has a bit of ways to catch up. And one of the bigger risks that we're running into now is that, you know, we saw – how facebook and many of your social media companies were utilizing the data of children right and you know facebook is being accused in several lawsuits now profiting off of the data of children. The, the bigger question becomes when you open these large language models to big repositories, they're indiscriminate in terms of what they, they scan in and what they ingest. And that impacts the decision making they have on, on what they produce as a product. So, you know, there's a lot of risk for, I think, children. Uh, you know, COPA laws need to be updated. There's a lot of risk for business. And I think in, in a lot of cases, there's guidelines between, you know, the SEC and other regulatory bodies that need to be brought to bear. Um, and then more so above and beyond that, there's the the challenge that we're going to have with these tools um, offsetting human capital, which means that jobs get reduced, right? Um, and so mm-hmm. that's really where you're looking in the next probably 18 to 24 months. Um, and those are the challenges that we'll be facing.
0: Uh, Sultan, thanks so much for your insights. Thank you. The missing plug door that tore off the left side of an Alaska Airlines jet following takeoff from Portland, Oregon, has been discovered.
2: The plug door of an Alaska Airlines aircraft has been found after it blew off in midair last week, according to the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board on Sunday. It was discovered in a suburban backyard in Portland, Oregon, by a school teacher named Bob, the chair of the National Transportation Safety Board, Jennifer Homendy.
1: I know it's unusual to come back a second time, but I wanted to make sure that you had all this information real time. I'm excited to announce that we found the door plug. Thank you, Bob.
2: Homendy said the aircraft part was a key missing component to determine why the accident occurred. On Friday, a plug door tore off the left side of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 following takeoff from Portland. It immediately depressurized the aircraft and forced the pilot to turn back and land safely with all 177 passengers and six crew on board. As the investigation goes on, the Federal Aviation Administration ordered the temporary grounding of 171 Boeing jets installed with the same panel. It weighs about 60 pounds and covers an optional exit door mainly used by low-cost airlines. Alaska Airlines on Sunday cancelled 170 flights, affecting nearly 25,000 customers. The accident has put Boeing under scrutiny as it awaits certification of its smaller MAX 7 and the larger MAX 10 aircraft. In 2019, global authorities subjected all planes of the Boeing 737 MAX model to a wider grounding after deadly crashes in Ethiopia and Indonesia. Top U.S. congressional leaders
0: have agreed on a spending bill for 2024.
3: Top U.S. congressional leaders on Sunday agreed to a $1.59 trillion spending deal for fiscal year 2024. That deal is meant to avoid a partial government shutdown later this month. In a statement, Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson said the top-line figure includes $886 billion for defense and another $704 billion for non-defense spending. However, Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, in a separate statement, said the non-defense spending figure would be higher, closer to $772 billion. The defense portion had already been signed into law by President Joe Biden last month, and according to Schumer and House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries, the non-defense discretionary funding will, quote, protect key domestic priorities like veterans' benefits, health care, and nutrition assistance. The move comes as Congress was scheduled to return to Washington this week to tackle deadlines coming up on January 19th and February 2nd for settling government spending through September. Biden said on Sunday the deal moved the country one step closer to, quote, preventing a needless government shutdown and protecting important national priorities. But a more difficult task is still to come. The Republican-controlled House and Democratic-controlled Senate still have to agree on exactly where the funds will go.
0: Stay with us. More ticker coming up.